0: plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Overnight Success Podcast, brought to you by Maria Hatsi-Stefanis. Maria is the founder of Rodial and Nip and & Fab, best-selling author, and on a mission to help you achieve your dream. Maria's highly anticipated third book, How to Live Your Best Life, is now available on Amazon.
2: Hi, Bianca, and welcome to the Overnight Success Podcast.
1: This is so exciting.
2: I'm very excited to have you here. Thank Thank you you. for joining me. Of course. So, let's just go straight into it. Okay. How did you get into celebrity PR? Okay, so um, I knew... That when I was in
1: college, I knew that I thought that I wanted to be in broadcasting. I thought I wanted to be on television. I thought I was going to be a news anchor. Hilarious. Hmm. I was in a in, a t- in Nashville, Tennessee, which um, is a large town, but was pre, if I'm dating myself, pre-internet. Okay. So, you know, there was no, um, you know, having access the way that kids do now and sort of connecting with people. So it really did feel like saying that you wanted to move to a large city and work in entertainment seemed really, really far away. So I sort of, you know, hustled and made connections and eventually found somebody that made the suggestion that I should be an entertainment publicist. This is when I was still in college. Okay. I did not know what a publicist meant. I went to the library. I checked out books. I sort of did my research. That's when publicists were still, this is um, late 90s.
2: Okay.
1: uh, Were still sort of um, coming up. They were not known like they are now. And it was really um, sort of... uh, positioned as sort of a handler for a celebrity so somebody that really takes care of uh their entertainment campaigns around films and television and things Mm -hmm. like that but also sort of fiercely protects them again this was late 90s so things are still coming up there it 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 was i was really looking at it more from a business standpoint as opposed to oh i want to be around famous people and Hmm. i want to control their lives because some people do get into it for that reason
2: so what did your first job involve so you were hired i was hired what did you have to do
1: so I was Jill Fritzo's assistant at this company called PMK. It was a huge agency. So you were an
2: assistant? I was an assistant, Okay, Yes. Is assistant uh, making coffee or assistant doing more elevated w- stuff. Way more, yes. Okay. So
1: the, the deal then was that to work up the ranks, you started out as an intern or a receptionist. And from there, if you were lucky, mm-hmm. a spot came open. But, you know, half the time people gave up by then because it really is, you know, very Devil Wears Prada. I mean, it's just, you know, it's the dregs. Um, I was very lucky kismet, destiny, whatever you want to call it. I was hired immediately onto Jill's desk, um, but it was so hard, hands down, in my opinion, other than being an agent's assistant, because they really go through the ringer in New York and in L.A., it's the hardest job in the business mm. because you are responsible for overseeing every single thing that comes across her desk. And if she, it, she or he are super successful, like Jill was, you are dealing at any point, at any given moment, up to at least minimum 20 clients. But with Jill, truth, truly 40. So Jill's in there making the deals, doing doing the thing, like I'm get, booking people in magazines, getting them on talk shows, the th- all of the things that go along with mm. PR – but as the assistant, you have to put it all together, and if something goes wrong, it's on you. And there, and that, and that, and it's just, and that's just the way it is. It, you're an assistant. You are down here, and you work all day long. You
2: do not eat. You do what not. What were your working bathroom. hours at that time?
1: So you were supposed to be there at nine thirty. You clip your paper. So everybody who's responsible for a paper or a magazine, you have to go through. You have to see if your clients are mentioned. Okay. You clip it all. You put it all together in this sort of like binder or sort of uh, in this like do- word document mm-hmm. that you would then fax mm, back, to, in the day, yeah. back in the day and but there was no voicemail so if the phone rang and rang and rang and rang and rang and rang and rang for five minutes you'd pick up and be sharon stone screaming at you i mean it really was you were just you're hanging on for dear life and if you know a lot of people got fired and you know you were just you. Why would people get fired? Because, because they happened. were bad at it. It's it's a high stress, high intensity, uh, high ego. There's a lot of money involved. It's just it's a it's a high stakes job. Now some people will say high stakes is Wall Street. Sure, I mean you worked in finance at one point. Mm. I think that's super interesting. And that is a lot. Um, but this is just a different game because you're dealing with people who are, it's just fame. Fame is such a weird, intangible thing. Mm-hmm. So um, so I guess that's just to say that you, you know, if you couldn't cut it and, you know, day five, no, you know, day five, day 15, you are not getting to the calls quickly enough. People are not getting connected. Things are falling through the cracks. Uh, a Hair and makeup artist didn't show up. A car didn't show up. Schedules are wrong. You know, people just make these mistakes.
2: Yeah. What's like, can you think of one crazy situation that happened when, with one of your celebrity clients, like a major PR crisis that happened that you had to deal with and, and it's something that you still remember?
1: Yes. I mean, um, well, for sure. So just to get the dates right, when I was an assistant, lots and lots and lots and lots of of things happened endlessly. I mean, um... Without getting, well, I'll mention this, but I can't get too specific, but Joe represented Courtney Love at the time. Courtney Love is known mm. for being a, uh, you know, you have uh, an esoteric personality. She's, um, you know, high maintenance is sort of all over the place. I mean, Courtney would call at all hours, of, all hours of the night on my cell phone, asking questions, demanding to know where things were, sometimes making sense, sometimes not. She was not in a great place then. She's in an amazing place now. I'm a huge fan. Um you know, uh, yes, then for sure it was endless, but it really would, it would fall on me if there was a mistake made. But at the end of the day, anything really, really huge was on Jill. As my own public, like when I got promoted, and then I started working with people, mm. um, you know, there would be times, uh, so I worked with a lot of music in the beginning, and I worked with Diddy, Puff oh, Daddy, Puffy. Okay. You know, we call Puffy. That must have been fun. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, Puffy really put me through the ringer. Um, hmm. he was, but you know, he taught me a lot and he was a really amazing person. He's an amazing person. I haven't worked with him in many years, but there was times where, you know, it was just outrageous demands about, uh, you know, we'd be in the middle of a photo shoot and he'd want to see some, you know, you'd have models coming in for a video or he'd be asking sort of specifics about a plane that he wanted to take. You wouldn't even be really what sure what trip you were talking about. It was just everything but the kitchen sink sort of thrown at you and you're just sort of, you know, you're trying to keep up. My specialty with PR is that I like to dig into the details and I really, I'm almost managerial in my style. So I really Mm -hmm. like to get in there and I like to connect people and I wanna get people jobs and I'm just like, I want them to be successful and move on. You know, I'm not here to be your assistant. Mm. And I feel with him, those were some of the things that sort of I dealt with. Many, many outrageous things with Diddy and all, over the, all over the globe. Um, off the record, people that I sort of can't mention, I mean, it's you, you name it. Everything from, I mean, if you can think of it. Crazy. You name it and mm. I've seen it.
2: Have you ever fired a client? Like yes. they've been so bad that you can't handle it. You cannot handle it anymore and you have to let them go.
1: Actually, no. I have parted ways with a client that I should have fired. Hmm but that I didn't because I didn't see the writing on the wall. Um, That's a very good question because something that I've really, really learned that was really hard for me was that sometimes in this business, not sometimes, all the time, if you're good at your job, in my opinion, you get very, very close. You spend a lot of time together and very close quarters. You are on planes, trains, and automobiles, sometimes together alone for days at a time. I mean, you know, I've flown to Shanghai with, you know, a client. It's just the two of us. Um, That's, I mean, literally, you know, 36 hours or something like, Round trip. Um, I think that it gets tricky because what are you going to do? You're going to treat each other like business associates? No, you're going to get close. Mm. You're having drinks. You're hanging out. You know, you're privy to their they're privy to your business. You're privy to theirs. And, you know, sometimes also you know where the bodies are buried because you need to protect them. Not every client is like that. Some people want to just be like, I want to show up. I want to promote a movie. I want to get in. I want to get out. And then I want my private life and you're never going to see me again. But my clients are not really like that because they're on... Twelve months a year, and we're in the trenches together because I want them to be successful. So, there to answer your question, there have been times where I really thought you got to protect the client at all costs, and you got to just hang in there. Mm. And uh, and I sh- and I was treated badly, and I should not. I should have fired them, and I didn't because I was I was not not scared, but I just thought this is the way it is. Mm. And getting older. I realized, no, you shouldn't be treated that way. You're not making that money. At the end of the day, we're not talking about millions of dollars. We make a retainer and it's wonderful. It's great money. And it's, it's, you know, I'm very proud of it to be working in this industry and um, it is what it is.
2: Um, But I should not have let myself be treated Mm. that way. There's a couple of those. Okay. So these are some of the lows that you get within the job. What are some of the highs that you've that you get when you're a celebrity publicist. Moments that you're like, oh my God, I'm doing the job of my dreams. Yes. What are those moments? Endless, but to name a few.
1: First of all, the perks are incredible. I really am all about enjoying life. And so I work hard and I play hard. And, it's so, and I'm going to reap the benefits. Meaning, I'm not going to be on a boat in Cannes and be on my phone being like, I wish I was
3: in bed. Like, no, I don't wish I was in bed. I'm glad
1: to be on this boat having champagne. Like, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Like, you're with the, you know. and, And to me, and this goes back even to the beginning of connecting people, you know, you're with titans Of your industry like you know you're with the best basketball player you're with the best um you know musician you know you're meeting you know people that you've read about your entire life and you know when I get really excited especially is when I meet people that were very big to me when I was young Mm. because I'm just like if my 16 year old self could see me she would die so it's those kind of instances but you know uh I've had clients be recognized I mean when they win awards obviously on a mm. national stage is huge when you get to a place like the Emmys and you know you're on live television and you're walking your client down because of and got them to a point where you did all of it and you see the fruits of your labor I mean that's so rewarding
2: now Within um, Slate, I know you guys have been representing a lot of um, actors and actresses, from Julianne Moore Mm -hmm. to Sarah Jessica Parker Mm -hmm. to um, Kim Kardashian and Mm -hmm. Kendall Jenner. And part of your job is taking um, some of your clients and walking them through the red carpet Mm -hmm. uh, for things like the Oscars, the Met. Now... Mm -hmm. Can you go back to the first time that you had to walk a list celebrity in the red carpet, and wow. you have tens um, of paparazzi and photographers there taking their pictures and shouting? How did that feel? Can you remember? The very first time I did it was for Jill, and I—he was
1: not—he uh, was a PMK client at the time, but I remember I was assigned to him, and his, it was Kevin Bacon.
0: Okay. Who's, you know, Kevin Bacon. Hmm.
1: And I remember being like, holy shit, this is Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I'm a child. <laughs> what am I doing? And I remember walking down and it's terrifying. I mean, I do really, I have a lot of early memories of being in New York and being on red carpets. And it was just like, you know, but I will say even that wears off quite quickly. And you're there to do a job. And that's when, it's it's wonderful. But that doesn't razzle dazzle me. There are moments like I was just talking about where you know you're floating in a you know the sea and you know you're on a boat with it just you find yourself in these insane situations countless where you could just sort of pinch yourself and be like remember this when you're mm. 90 and on your deathbed. The red carpet to me is you're there to do a job, and it does get super hectic, um, and there's a lot that goes into it. So it really is uh, about—so going back to Kevin Bacon to answer that question, I was terrified. Um, The great news is, is that everybody knows who he is, so it was quite easy because everyone wants to talk to him. What's tough is when you're assigned somebody or you have a client that you represent. You know that's still new. And there's a million famous people on the carpet. Everyone's screaming. Everyone's shouting. Red carpets are like hives, like beehives. Mm. It's chaos and it's intense and um, it's hot. It's like, you're like, what's happening? And you have to be very controlled and you really have to know what you're doing. Everyone has their own style. And so you have to figure out what your style Mm. is. My style is always is to be very polite, I'm Southern (laughs) (laughs) and I've always but I've always really and you know that applies to a lot of my work ethic and um, the way I approach people is just to be like listen like you know publicist to publicist like I'm going to try to get her down this carpet we're going to try to hit everybody it's impossible to do do it with a smile and just try to be gracious but but what's tough is when you haven't somebody that nobody knows yet and you're going down the carpet and people are not interested in talking to them per se. Or it's, you know, you can get yourself into really awkward situations. Mm. And that is when you really, to me, when you want to like die.
2: You're like, you just want to slink off. It's hard, yeah. It's really, it's hard. It's, it's hard. So that brings me to the next question. How
3: up?
2: Which is
1: wait? I just want to go back. Can okay, I just say? Back. Yeah, go back. The, but my let me just say this because it's a funny story. My biggest first time on a carpet though was with Liv Tyler at the Met Ball, mm. and that is okay. enough to really make you want to maybe have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> the oh Met Ball God. is just a lot. It's a lot of photographers.
2: It's You've seen. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, for me, it's even bigger than the Oscars. Scarier than the Oscars. Oscars. The Oscars seems very controlled. Like a um, small group of people. It's very relaxed the med is next insane. level it's next honestly level. one of the craziest carpets I've ever been
1: on in my entire life and I've been um, on a lot of them I mean I've never I've never done the Oscars actually that's one of the few that I have not done I've never done the Academy Awards but the Academy Awards I can tell you for a fact along with anything in LA really that's that big because I've done the Emmys and you know SAGs and everything they're very controlled and you know where you need to be and it's actually qu- it's very quiet because they have so much room it's huge you know New York we're all living on top of each other, so the events are like that too. I mean, you've been to some, you know what it's like. The Met is crazy. And it's the only place where the energy is just, you just find yourself screaming. You're just screaming, <laughs> like walking down at a list on the carpet. You're just screaming at people. Um, but it's necessary to get the shot. And, you know, that's really all about the fashion. And you just have to sort of know where you are. I think the biggest thing to conquering red carpet is practice, control. And you just got to just know where you are. Mm-hmm. Don't walk in like you own the place. If you're like a tiny, small, you know, everyone's style is different. But that's my advice mm. if I'm giving any.
2: Now, what if you have a, a client that we read this and the press all the time that a lot of celebra- the celebrities out there, they do have a fear of the red carpet. Yes, how do you help clients like that who have a massive fear but they need to walk the red carpet? How do you help them?
1: Oftentimes, probably um, maybe a glass of alcohol. Oh, and everybody will tell you that you know, a glass of champagne uh-huh. is something to sort of loosen up. Um, it depends on what the it depends on the situation. Some women, especially women, especially because they get the, it the hardest, hmm. which is extremely. Unfair, honestly, because the fashion parade and the you know they're so judged and you know it's 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 kind of dark what women go through to, in this industry. To be honest with you, um if they have a, a fear of like I don't know if I can do this, and some of them are very shy. You, you know, you think oh, an actor, no, let's. Mm. They have a camera this close to their face. They're on a controlled set. They're acting. It's different than like walking down and being judged. It's just like a gauntlet. If they have a fear. Of, of that. And they're like, I really don't want to do this. It's just about control, control, control. You come in, you limit what they're doing. From the, before you even get there, you have it all mapped out. We're doing this, this, and this. We're doing this, and then we're going. and It's just about explaining to them, and they need, you know, some people want to be walked through it, and they're like, okay, what's going to happen next? And it's just about really being prepared. Some are just like, this is a pain in the ass, but it's part of my job. I'm not wild about it. I don't, really, I don't know anyone who loves it. Um, there are people that have that have uh, uh, mastered it. Okay. They get the hair and the makeup, they get the outfit, they go out there. It's uh it's like when Beyoncé, you know, becomes Sasha Fierce. She's like I'm on stage and it's a different. I see lots of people who are maybe not that confident do the like mask thing and they go out there and they're just like, you know, they do, the, you know, get their poses down and mm-hmm. they and that really makes a huge difference because they know how important it is because it really is a becomes such a thing. Um some who are my favorite are just like, we're going to wing this. <laughs> okay. And we're going to do the best we can. And, I, you know, but those are usually the ones that the pros that have been doing it a long time. Mm. They're like, let's have a drink. Let's not take it that seriously. It's a red carpet. It's like, calm down. Let's get out of here and let's do mm. it. You know, those are sort of my favorite. Um, but it, but, you know, some are paralyzed
2: by it. Some don't do it. Some avoid it as much as they can. They're like, right. that's not why I got into acting or whatever it may be. So now going back to your clients and you did say that sometimes you would walk client down the red carpet and maybe they're not that well known and you just want to die. Yeah. (laughs) So how do you... If it's awkward, not always. If it's awkward, yeah. Yeah. I get it. How do you select the clients that you want to represent? Um, And to me it looks like it's a chicken and an egg situation. So you want someone who already has a certain level of celebrity Mm -hmm. to take them on board and take them to the next level. Or do you even take people that have potential and they're just starting out? What are your criteria for selecting a new client? Okay, so I am very
1: different. uh, Again, it goes back to, it's very personal for every single person, right? Everyone has their own style, just like they do on the red carpet or whatever. For choosing clients, for me, I like to choose people, um, never do I choose somebody that has nothing going on. That's never. (laughs) I mean, I just unless unless now let me say this. <laughs> just I didn't, nothing. I didn't, really, yeah. I didn't really. I didn't answer that well. Just come so to well. you and
2: say I have nothing going on making a favor. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Because right. this is not. My, <laughs> by the way, some people do. That's not my really my situation. I just don't. It doesn't interest me. I'm like, why are why are we meeting right now? What you know? You have to have some sort of base. And what I like to do is I like to take that and I like to run with it. Now, that being said, I have definitely signed people who are at the beginning of their career no one's ever heard of. But they've usually got one thing under their belt or, key, they have a project that's about to make them mm. huge or, or or that I find interesting enough where I'm like, we can build on this. I've definitely had some moments in my career, amazing moments in my career, where I've really seen, you know, I'm very proud of what I've done with Alexa Chung. Uh, we, like Christian Siriano, she signed very early with me. She was just about to have this show on MTV in New York. She was literally just, I mean, she'd been here many times, of course, but she had just moved here from London. She was very young and she was like, this is crazy. And to be really honest with that, U.S. stalked (laughs) her The party for Burberry. (laughs) She was DJing (laughs) because we had been introduced by a mutual friend and she's just, she was just blowing me off because, you know, she was so overwhelmed trying to find an apartment and just like move her life across the pond. You know, she was so young and uh, she really, yeah, we have, we still have a lot of laughs where she's like, oh my God, I remember when you came and you used to talk to me at this party and like, but it was great. We, we immediately though, it's just, I've got to have this vibe and it, and it's, that's my sort of um, North star, if you will. It just sort mm. of guides me. If I meet you and I'm like, oh, there's something interesting here. I can do it. Sometimes, sure, everyone takes clients for money or whatever it may be, but I just find that that never works out and it it just always backfires. There's just got to be something interesting there. And um, I am a little more, uh, I'm a little weirder than most. I mean, I do think I sound a little more fringe. I like downtown. You know, if you have a great huge project that's going to make you rich and famous, that's great. But it's just got to be something that I feel like is missing that I can bring to the table. Otherwise, you're just a cog in a wheel and it's like, Anybody can do that. You so know? you need to
2: have that connection and a connection and a project. A connection and a project. Yeah. And
1: by the way, it's just my taste level. I mean, I um, grew up in Nashville, it's a, where I'm from originally, and I grew up around a lot of music. And so, I'm, you know, I, I'm obviously drawn to music and, I, you know, and acting and film and television, but I do like dance and I've had a lot of people write books and I find that's really interesting. And I had an artist and I do feel like I could do
2: PR for anybody, but I, I need them to be cool and I need to just have a connection. A lot of people think that being a celebrity publicist is all about having a glamorous life and hanging out with celebrities. Is that true? No. (laughs) (laughs) Hell no. Um, No,
1: no. A lot of people do think that. Um, There are definitely, like I said before, moments that you find yourself in these really, really glamorous settings. And, you know, if you're I, and I, I, I appreciate those. And I think that's wonderful if you can find a time, because there is so much work involved, to take a moment and appreciate where you are. Because, I mean, it's life, It's it, it's, it flies by in a second.
2: But no, it's not so glamorous all the time. D-
1: by no means. Day in and day out, it is really, really hard work. And if I'm going to be honest, even from a celebrity's perspective, it, nine times out of 10, you know, 90% of the time, it's not glamorous at all. You're freezing. You're being led down some sort of dark corridor because you're constantly sort of, you know, trying to sort of keep them protected or whatever it is. There's some really hilarious moments. I mean, somebody should really write a book about just all the really hilarious situations that you find yourself in because I'm always laughing because I'm like, this is absurd. But um, aside from that, it's uh, a lot of hard work and it's, and no, it's, it's the, it's the behind-the-scenes stuff that is the least glamorous because everyone looks around and is like, aren't we the most, you know, the richest and the famous people in the room and we're eating off of a, you know, uh, cardboard cutout cold piece of pizza backstage because we can't go out or, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always these perfect people in these imperfect situations.
2: This is not a 9-to-5 job, right?
1: No, my God, yeah. no. No, no, it's yeah. 24-7. But I think you can get yourself to a point... Because you control your clients' lives uh, to an extent where you can schedule and sort of, you know, make time. And if you want to work all the time, you can work all the time. If you, you know, if you want to take breaks, you can take breaks. Mm-hmm. You can't be at everything. Um, it depends on how, how hands-on you want to be. You, it's, 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 it's a lot of hard work punctuated by moments of glamour. Okay.
2: I love the statement. It's a lot of hard work punctuated with moments of glamour. That is really what it is about. Right? That is the job. That is the job. Period. In the story. Now, that's it for sure. Um, and I'm going to go to our last question because okay. we're running out of time. Okay. So you've represented all sorts of celebrities throughout the years. And again, going back to the podcast title, which is the Overnight, overnight Success. Mm-hmm. Um, what defines celebrities that do become successful and what sets them apart to the ones that do not become successful. They all come to you. Mm -hmm. So on paper, they're all represented Mm -hmm. by a a top celebrity publicist. Some of of them will make it, but others will not. Mm. What are some of their traits or characteristics that they have or maybe the work they put into it? that makes them successful
1: it's a great question it's a great question
2: um hands down
1: it's the ones and you any publicist will tell you this it's the ones that want to work that's a very simple answer but that's it it's it gets more complicated from there but that's period if you put the work in you will see the results and you get a lot of people that just don't want to work that hard and you know what more power to them because, like I just said, some people don't want to. They want to do the craft. They don't want to do the rest. Unfortunately, being a celebrity is a full time job. Celebrity and or a, a public known person known for their craft, right? So nobody gets a day off. If you want, if you're an actor that's recognizable, whatever it is. Um, you can have breaks, and I respect people for pulling back, but some people just don't want it that bad. There's a co- combination. Some people get to be really, really famous, and they're like, no, 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 This is not what I signed up for, and they back out. Some want to get there, but they don't want to put the work in. Hmm. And I've, that's more often what it's not what separates the, you know, women from the girls, the men from the boys to me is, you know, I'm out here working. I can't want it more than you do. I've had that. I've definitely had that with clients, and we've had to part ways. Where I'm like, you're not interested. I'm out here working harder than you are. Like, that's it's time for us to part ways. Or you know, or we've come to a mutual conclusion that like maybe this is not cut out for you. And then maybe they switch gears and they do something else. It's like that Malcolm Gladwell uh, novel that he did, or um, book that he put out years ago about outliers, and it's this like theory that if you put a certain amount of hours, and he had it down to like the science of work into anything that you learn this craft and you will be successful. Yeah. I believe in that. I truly do. So
2: Bianca, how do you become a celebrity publicist? Um, what are your three top pieces of advice for any budding publicists out there?
1: My first piece of advice would be to um, be really prepared and that, and just to expand on that quickly to, all aspects of the business inside and outside. So watch everything that you can know as much as you possibly can about a variety of topics in the entertainment world that you're interested in, whether it be dance, uh, you know, music, art, film, theater, et cetera. And on the inside, know how the system works, understand that, you know, there's some basic tenets there and that you need to learn them. They've been in place for a long time, respect that, and then find your way in. Number two would be to really, know that you're going to be working hard and that you need to put your ego aside and be prepared to do anything that is asked of you. And that includes even after you're promoted and you're making money okay. and you're working with, you know, you're, 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 your servicing your clients. And so whatever they need, if whether it be, you know, laundry picked up or, you know, they need some, some advice or, you know, you got to go entertain their kids for 45 minutes while they're doing an interview, whatever that's, you know, random examples, but um, the work never stops. And Truly, once you're all in, you're all in and you just, you got to be there. It's like, you know, you're never, you're never too good for anything and you've got to be prepared to work very hard. My third would be really to sort of maintain a sense of humor about it because at the end of the day, like anything, not like anything, but specifically in entertainment, this is a very common saying in the industry, but it's, you know, you're not solving cancer. You're just not. (laughs) Mm-hmm. We are here to entertain and we are here to... It's a business like anything else. And it's wonderful that I've been a part of um, some really great campaigns and films and just incredible pieces of work. And I really enjoy that because I get to see sort of the fruits of that. But at the end of the day, um, you know, it, it it's not that deep. It really isn't. It's, you know, you're, you're in the entertainment business. Don't take yourself too seriously. Mm.
2: I like that. Don't take yourself too seriously. That's the truth. And with that note... Um, Thank you for being with us, Bianca. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. If you like the Overnight Success Podcast, please make sure you tell a friend, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to leave us a rating or comment. You can find me at Mrs. Rodia. On Twitter and Instagram. This is the Overnight Success Podcast. I am Maria Hatsi Stefanis. See you next week.